live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire, it's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. With Kenny Sargent. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Getting crashed positions. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. IndyCar race. What IndyCar race? Right. If you saw that NASCAR Cup race this afternoon, you forgot all forgot all about what happened yesterday, Saturday afternoon, on the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. In fact, I bet you couldn't even tell me who won the damn race. Well, Power won that thing. But what happened today, our good friend and evidently uh, BFFs forever, A.J. Allmendinger, won that race. And now that I've had a chance to sit back and think about what happened for four hours, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I frankly enjoyed the hell out of that race for all the wrong reasons. How you doing, Freak Nation? Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're all there for you. The website, speedfreaks.tv, Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Speak it up. A.J. Allmendinger will be joining us at 12 past the hour. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. Also, Leah Pruitt, NHRA Top Fuel winner from a couple of weeks ago in Pomona. Marcus Erickson, IndyCar Series winner from Nashville last weekend. And that horrific Skip the Lou, my darling, accident with him and Sebastian Bourdais. He'll be here. Also, Brittany Force will be here in the Freak Nation. Your Top Fuel winner from Kansas will be here in the Freak Nation. <sighs> Slow down. It was an amazing day today. I mean, to get Brittany Force back in victory lane and then for her to do it on the same day that her dad gets in victory lane, she vaults up to second in points. John Force takes over the points lead in Funny Car. AJ freaking Almondinger, one of the Freak Nation absolute favorites, takes the win at Indianapolis. I mean, hey, you know what I just thought about? Nope. All of these guys are cat people. John Force, Brittany Force, and AJ Hummendinger. Win one for the cats, baby. That man, Meow. you've been you've been in like three or four different time zones in the last uh, forty eight hours. Were you able to see any of this racing that uh, happened over the last forty eight hours? I saw the NASCAR race. I missed the IndyCar race. I saw the NASCAR race, and just laughed until it got so sad that guys only know one way around the track, and if something changes, they just go bluey, and the announcers make excuses for them. That disappeared. They won't know how to get around the track. Just, it was right on the edge of disgusting. You are speaking precisely what so many people on social media are sick and tired of right now. There, I saw tens of tens of tweets about how the announcers need to stop making excuses for these drivers, talking about the drivers running over this curb. I mean, okay, you, you can you can put some blame on the track, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. You can put some blame on NASCAR for not throwing a yellow earlier and making those guys go slower around that curb. But you really do have to put some blame on the drivers, too. Yeah, no, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Crash. Wait a minute. Austin Dillon said it perfectly when he came out of the care center. He said... You got to slow down. If you don't slow down, you're going to crash. And that's what they did. And that's what drivers do. They know when to go fast and they know when they can't go fast. They know where 
Both of those things can happen. It's called racecraft. And if you can't figure that out at the speeds that they travel and at the level of racing that they're doing, then you need to go back to the trucks or the uh, Xfinity. You don't need to be at the highest levels of NASCAR if you can't figure out where to slow down. Oh, but Statman, these are the best drivers in the world, aren't they? <laughs> no, without question, they aren't. If I they can't, they, they were not. Yeah. If they can't turn right and they can't, they don't know where it's possible to go fast and where it's possible to go slow. And if all they can do is race around a track that they know as many times as they can, then they need to go to Devil's Bowl or Irwindale or or the Bull Ring in Las Vegas and race every Saturday night. They don't need to go to a different race 40 times a year and expect to be called the best in the world. Okay, but having said that, is this where today we did see the cream rise to the top? I mean, until the end, Denny Hamlin did not have issues. Uh, neither did Chase Briscoe. He was manhandling that track. And clearly, A.J. Allmendinger. I mean, is this where we saw the true, absolute, pure racers rise? I don't know about that. But uh, I think the problem with Denny and I love Denny. He's a friend of the freaks and he should have won championships in the past. But I think the problem with Denny is between his ears. Oh. <laughs> uh, I can't believe Statman referenced Devil's Bowl. That's human greatness. All right, <laughs> coming up, Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes and A.J. Allmendinger, your winner this afternoon from Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course. <laughs> Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the Freaks. Welcoming in another round of affiliates in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for hanging out. You got Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, the website speedfreaks.tv, at Speed Freaks on Twitter. And, of course, this segment brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the line of tires to keep all of your rides on the road. Truck, sports car, sedan, your minivan. Do yourself, your friends, your family a favor. Get yourself a set of General Tires. Crasher? So, Freak Nation, how'd the hype of the Indianapolis Doubleheader Weekend work out for you? The IndyCar and Xfinity Series sharing time on Saturday. The Cup Series playing with sharp curbing on Sunday. It was definitely entertaining. The IndyCar race was ruled by one of that road course course's experts in willpower. He finally got the winless monkey off his back. Then Austin Sendrick survived some curb issues of his own to net a win at Indy in the Xfinity Series. Both Penske drivers taking victory at the captain's own track. Then Sunday was set for an incredible cup race. And, well, it was incredible. A ton of action throughout the field. But what ruled the headlines was turn six coming apart with five laps to go and all hell breaking loose. After track repair, numerous car DNFs, and two red flags, the race was resumed with a green-white checkered finish. Chase Briscoe lost his line, then spun out leader Denny Hamlin, and guess who was lurking for a win? In Indy, AJ freaking Almondinger. Yes, the former Penske driver himself can now claim a win at the hallowed grounds of Indianapolis on his record. Did you catch the Knoxville Nationals last night? Just like he's done in so many dirt races this year and last year, Kyle Larson with that big win. 
Dallas Green cut a perfect light to beat Kyle Koretsky for the Pro Stock win. We're talking Heartland Park Nationals in Topeka NHRA. John Force took out J.R. Todd in the Funny Car Final and vaulted himself to the top spot in points. First time he's seen that daylight since 2014. And then his daughter, Brittany Force, won over Clay Milligan in top field to secure the first ever father-daughter win in victory lane ever. All right, on to Moto America. Not sure if you have been aware of this or not, but Jake Gagne has just stunningly dominated the Moto America series this year, winning everything except for the opening race of the season, which that was due to a mechanical. This weekend in Pittsburgh was no different. Gagne took both races on the doubleheader, hitting the lead from the pole in each race and crossing the stripe well ahead of the field, too. Speaking of domination, how about Ken Roxon at the Unadilla Lucas Oil Motocross race this weekend? Both motos with a convincing weekend win. Your winner from Indianapolis this afternoon, Cup winner A.J. Allmendinger next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey, man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, uh, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, you better cook it up. Scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slick Mist Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slick Mist simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Your soap is Ugh. and your body wash is a synthetic detergent, but you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch natural soap for men, for men who build things, open pickle jars on the first try, slay dragons and let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go naked. 
You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. One years of doing this thing. Stat Man Crash Gladys Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for hanging out. You know the website. Follow us on Twitter. Oh, hell yeah, you follow us on Twitter. All of our AJ Almendinger love after that win at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this afternoon. And he joins us now here in the Freak Nation. And as you were saying before we went live, AJ, what in the hell happened? <laughs> what, what the hell just happened? Like I'm 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 in the bus lot at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. I got a Rickyard ring on my finger right now. Like, just watch Doug Bowles, president of IMS, just roll in to the bus lot in a Corvette, still with a suit and tie, by the way, which he always wears. By the way, side note, Kenny, I had to win a race because the last time I won a race, you just just pooped all over me. Like, yeah, when you can actually win a race against real people. So that was my that was my inspiration. I was going back and watching that video this past week going, man, I just crapped all over you, dude. It must have been a little bit of inspiration for your happy ass this weekend. It was something. It, you were you were in a bad place in your life. I, I, I Crash kept calling me like, hey, I might need to get out of this. And I'm like, <laughs> I agree. Like, he's he's not a good person. Like, stop. Like, you, you're you way too good for him. But you know what? Hey, whatever works, right? A.J. Allmendinger, winner this afternoon in Indianapolis Motor Speedway in the NASCAR Cup Series joins us here in the Lucas Oil Studios. AJ, when was it that do you have a, a moment when you knew you had this thing, or did it take grabbing that checkered flag, realizing you won this Cup race? I mean, honestly, it was, it was crossing the checkered flag coming coming out of the last corner. I w- I was distraught last night. Like I I just felt like. I really felt like our on the in the affinity side of it, like at college racing, we really have worked on a road course program. I really thought yesterday was our chance to win. We didn't have a good cup practice. We were okay on speed. Um, worked hard on it today in qualifying. We we got to the second round and qualified inside the top ten. But I really thought today, okay, anywhere from sixth to tenth, that's going to be a good day. And as the race progressed, that's kind of what I thought. And then on top of it, I sped on pit road hurting us more. I like was not happy about the way I drove yesterday. And all of a sudden all the restarts started happening and just like thought, okay, like maybe we'd have a shot at this, especially when we got to third. And, uh, but I did not definitely think about, I have this until we came off the last corner onto the punch straightaway. Then I just couldn't believe it. AJ, you exercised incredible patience on that last restart. You pushed, but then you held back. What did you see? What did you know before you charged to the front? Yeah, I knew Denny had older tires. I I didn't know if Chase had older tires. 
Uh, I think Matt, Matty D was starting next to me. He had older tires for sure. So I, I wanted to be aggressive on the restart. And it, I felt like if I could get to the lead, uh, I knew Blaney and, 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 uh, Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, they, they had the equal tires I had, and they'd been a little bit better than me all day. But I thought if I can get to the lead, maybe I can stretch this thing for two laps and have a chance to win. And I tried to be ultra, uh, ultra aggressive early. And then, then he used me up, which he should have on the restart when I tried to get around him. And then I couldn't believe when the 14 got back in the racetrack, they said, all right, the 14's got a penalty. Just focus on trying to get to Denny. And then next thing I know, <laughs> Denny's spinning off of turn seven. I'm like, oh my God, we have a shot at this now. And it was just a matter of trying to put in really 16 perfect corners to try to get away from Ryan Blaney and, and Kyle Larson and, and Chase Elliott. And like, as we speak now, I still can't believe that it happened. <laughs> AJ Almadinger, a longtime friend of the freaks, and now a winner at the Brickyard in Indy. AJ, what felt better? Crossing the finish line, a winner? Doing the burnout, a winner? Or laying on the bricks at Indy as a winner? Oh, I mean, call the above. I mean, it's <laughs> I, I, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm still in disbelief. Like I, I can't believe that. My brother, Mike Schenk, and I have won Indy the same year. That's really what I, out of all this, I called Mike right away after this. I'm like, Mike, did this just happen? Did we both win Indy this year? Uh, I, I had somebody ask me about, because I, I talked about when Mike won, I was literally in tears in my house. Couldn't stop crying. Mm -hmm. I knew how important it was to Mike, what that meant to him. Elio to win his fourth. And... You know, I just, I just remember sitting there in my house thinking like, man, I, I just, I was, in some way I want to be a part of that. Like I, I just, I want to be there with my brother and now we can share these memories together. Like it's unbelievable. Well, your brother is out there on Twitter right now, just promoting the heck out of the fact that, Hey, enough of this Kyle Larson talk, enough of this Chase Elliott talk that these guys can wheel anything. What about AJ freaking Almondinger, who has now won Daytona, Indianapolis, and a slew of races in between AJ Almondinger, Do you belong in that conversation now? Uh, I know you, of course you're going to say that though. Say Come that. on. Like Chase Elliott is a cup champion and Kyle Larson. I mean, like, Let's just say what a badass Kyle Larson is. He was racing on three hours of sleep because <laughs> right. he wanted to knock Phil National. Like, like the dude is a badass. And like I texted him this morning. I'm like, like, like I can't like I don't even know how to put into words how much of a badass Kyle Larson is. And he texted me after the race, like, like I just love being a part of the the indie history. Like that says we we do this to enjoy the moment and be a part of history and I'm just a small part of the history now at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I'm so thankful for that. AJ Allmendinger, can we now put it to rest and say seatbelts be damned? I mean, I hope so. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I don't know. I, I, I just love the opportunities that I have with Matt Collig and Chris Rice, all the men and women call it racing. I mean, we, we talked to, well, crash, you and me talked, Kenny just, cried and, and complained and moaned after my middle Ohio win. Like I just, I love these opportunities and these are memories that, that will be never taken away from me. And this is why we do this. So I'm just so happy about it. Of course, referring to the time when you were leading the Indy 500 and your 
daggone seatbelts came apart and that was just a heartbreaker for you. So yeah, that's, I was crying. Speaking of crying, I was crying at the end of this race today. We were standing up, our daughters looking at us like, what the heck? I'm like, I love that guy. I'm so excited for this win. Well, I mean, it's, that's why this, this sport can be so miserable sometimes, but so special in the same way, because it's, you know, you talked about the, the Indy 500, like I, I, I don't ever, I don't want to say I look back in the past, but sure. There's times where you're like, okay, was that my chance to win at Indy? Like, was that the moment? And then yesterday I was so disappointed in the Xfinity race. I really felt like we had the car to beat. And I was like, okay, was that my time to win in Indy? Like, are the, like, will not happen again. And then something that's crazy like this to ha- happen today where you're not expecting it. You're okay. Like you're running decent. You're not amazing, but you're not poor, but you're, and now we're here talking about it. Like it erases all those bad memories. And that's, that's why this sport is so special, but to be so cruel sometimes, but it's a moment like this that will never be taken away. And, and that's why we do it. AJ, how did you survive the madness of the track coming apart? That curb that seemed like it was taking out 10, 15 cars with each crash. I don't even know how to answer it to a certain degree because I don't, I don't want to fault anybody or, or anything like that where they were having to fix it. I was shocked because that, that kind of meant cars were like almost jumping over it and it's tough on a restart and get side by side. Nobody wants to give, like you get shoved into it. Sometimes you bail out of it and you hit it. Uh, I was always conscious, especially with the cup car, because if you, if you compare it to an Xfinity car where we do have a ride height rule in the Xfinity car. We never have an issue with it. The cup cars, there's no ride height rule. So you're slammed to the ground. So I was always conscious about, okay, you can't take too much of that curve because if you do, it's going to tear the splitter, the underside of your race car off and all that. So I don't really know what happened in the incidents, but I was always conscious about like, I can only hit a certain part of that curve because our cars are so low. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate I missed it uh, and, and I benefited from it. You know, maybe we can look next year at making a better option for it because it costs a lot of team owners, a lot of money, but uh, I'm not going to complain about it because that's part of the reason why we're talking right now. Kenny, the reason he missed it, it's called talent. Just wanted to let you know. Ah. I, sometimes I have to remind you of those things. Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> AJ, we'll leave you with this, my friend. Uh, people were bitching and moaning that we've lost a crown jewel, meaning running on the two and a half mile oval. I think they can kiss my ass because what I, <laughs> what I saw today, buddy, uh, it kept me glued good, bad, and different. The track falling apart, the passing on that track. I had a crap ton of fun watching that race. You know, I mean, I, I, I yeah, I took a little flack in the, in from people on social media this week because I said, Indy is Indy. Like we still got to kiss the bricks. We're, we're, we're sitting as we talk right now, I'm sitting in the middle of Indianapolis motor speedway as a brickyard winner. Maybe he doesn't have the, the history or the prestige behind the brickyard 400, but winning an Indy in anything, whether it's the Indy 500 cup race on the oval cup race on the road course, F1 race, Moto GP, like whatever, like winning an Indy is special. That's why we drive in this place. I still get chills. My, my, the hairs on my arm stand up. I get goosebumps because I'm, I'm so nervous driving into this place because I know what it means. It doesn't matter. Like, I got to kiss the bricks, and, and that's all I ever wanted to do. 
Michael Schumacher, Nikki Hayden, Valentino Rossi, AJ Foyt, Alexander Rossi, uh, Rick Mears, AJ freaking Almondinger, baby. Yes, your name is in the history books. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Love you, buddy. Go kiss Tickles. All right, AJ, as always, buddy. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I love you. See you. I was disappointed, but not surprised. Several NASCAR Cup drivers criticized running on the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. They argued the square oval was more prestigious, and that's true. But the road course at Indy has had eight Formula One races from 2000 to 2007. It's good enough for a world championship, should be good enough for cup racing. No, I think it's a resource problem. Running on an oval is set up for full throttle as long as possible on a lap. That takes expensive speed and handling resources. Road course racing requires resources for speed and handling, but it also requires resources in the driver's tool bag. In short, several drivers just don't have the racecraft to know when to be patient and when it's winning time on the track. Next time you hear drivers complain about road course racing, watch where they finish in the race, and you'll have an idea of where the complaints come from in the car. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Now, Richie, did we make a mistake and not salute the late and one of the greatest Dusty Hill in one of our previous shows? I think so. That's why I'm playing ZZ Top tonight. So now that we had a best of, wow. Holy smokes. Yeah, that one hit hard, man. Hit hard for a lot of people my age and younger, frankly. Losing Dusty Hill, bass player for ZZ Top, Stat Man. We should have uh, introduced Richie to a little trip through a Mexican uh, <laughs> house party situation. Uh, that was that was ZZ Top like you've never heard or thought of ZZ Top. AJ Almendinger, last segment, your NASCAR Cup winner from Indianapolis here in the Peak Nation. Thank you, Lucas Oil, for making this thing possible. Go to lucasoil.com. I could go through a litany of products that they've got available, not, at, not just only at your local auto parts store, but also you can get more information online at lucasoil.com. I don't care what you drive, sports car, speedboat, motorcycle, they got it. Check it out at lucasoil.com. And Statman, if, if I'm picking up what you're, uh, what you're dropping, uh, <laughs> a black explorer, uh, featuring LaGrange <laughs> about 13 times in a row, maximum audio capabilities on a f- back road in Mexico. Probably the worst place to ever do what we did. Uh, that might be what you're referring to. Is that right? And that was even before the Southern Comfort. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> oh, you just think it was. I didn't let anybody know. Uh, yeah, that was the beginning of an all-nighter. And how many bottles of Southern Comfort and wine? And uh, we had a bottle of uh, a hardcore adult beverage that we also went through, didn't we? Yeah, let's just let's just say there might be a reason why it took me so damn long to have a kid <laughs> because of that night, or even to wake up for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, I was I was MIA for the day, and you guys couldn't find me. Couldn't find you, and every, people got scared. We were starting to send out uh, word to the gendarmes who wanted to get the federales involved. Oh, that's the first thing I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when I hop into a taxi or the backseat of, back of a police car with my uh, arms uh, in, in shackles because I walked out of what Papa's in beer with a beer. Yeah. <laughs> the only problem was that the police wanted about $50 more cash yeah. than we had in our pockets. <laughs> no, we had 50. We just thank goodness one of the interns at uh, the news station we were working at spoke Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> She basically said, what does it cost to get to this uh, sports entertainment anchor out of the backseat of your police car? <laughs> $50. Thank you. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we haven't even mentioned the guy in the, in the silver lamed suit who got that stickered to the car, to the chair and he woke uh, up and thought he was blind because people stickered his glasses. <laughs> That guy was with us, Freak Nature. We're not talking about somebody that was just solo in the freaking Papas and Beer, wherever the hell we were. That dude was with us in a silver lame suit. Looked like, looked like an entire roll of aluminum foil. Looked like the Tin Man, we called him. Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> hey, there was a race this weekend. That was all one weekend in Mexico. <laughs> Where we got stopped going into Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Food and clothes. That's all we're supposed to say. Rolling through the border. Food. What do you have in your car, sir? Food and clothes. Hey, we got some money. And I got some <laughs> food and clothes. <laughs> wow. Everybody's. Everybody else gets stopped going out. We got stopped going in. They knew we we were <laughs> trouble from the, just looking at us. <laughs> uh, that is how we roll, Freak Nation. Holy smokes. Uh, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Follow us on Twitter, right? Speedfreaks. Uh, they say there was a, a back and forth on Twitter about Indianapolis ruining the crown jewel and the crown jewel meaning running Indianapolis on the oval, the two and a half mile oval. They consider that the crown jewel. Well, one of four. Apparently, NASCAR drivers consider their crown jewel races to be Daytona, of course, Daytona 500, the Coca-Cola 600 the Brickyard, and the Southern 500. Those are apparently their four crown jewel races. And now, wah, the Brickyard has been changed to a road course. And a lot of drivers were complaining leading up to the race this weekend. What? Yeah. Well, the stat man says that you know, if, the, if a driver's not complaining, then he's not doing his job. That's what drivers do is complain. That's true. And, and if you listen to Statman's scat, there's a good reason why some of these cats – 
are complaining. And Statman, if you and care why to re- they need to just shut up, that scat was tremendous. If you if you could spend about sixty seconds referencing your scat to those that were bitching and moaning, having to run a road course as opposed to the oval, go right ahead. It's stunningly amazing how people. They just get their mind made up about the way things ought to be. I'm so important that if you change what I want, you're at fault. And I think the SRX proved that some of these guys that are racing every Saturday night on a short track somewhere have the skills to beat the guys that are the stars if they just had access to the resources. And I think the stars... Uh, need to go back and get some refresher courses at school or try something uh, their line of work. You sure sure quoted that stat. <laughs> Golly, I, I gave you the, the form to just lambast and you just kind of went at it with a wiffle ball. Yeah, I thought, you know, I think that they, they, like I said in the scat, if they, if they don't know what they're doing, then don't, Get out there and blame everybody else. Learn your craft. <laughs> and AJ De Almendinger put it in one of the best ways possible. He did it on social media all last week leading up to this and then just now in our interview with him. Hey, guys, guess what? Indy is Indy. You kiss the bricks. It's still an incredible achievement. And that's what I picked up from what he was dropping was you – I don't care where, if it's Daytona, you go through that tunnel at Indianapolis or Daytona. You're in a go-kart race. You're, you're running in the hallowed grounds and winning in the hallowed grounds of some legendary speedways, whether it's the road course or the oval. Damn it. I mean, AJ Allmendinger, who's won his share of races, Daytona 24 hours, IndyCar champ car races, folks, was leading the Indy 500. His cat was ecstatic. And that's a guy that won four races in a row in Champ Car. Remember that? Yeah. Sebastian Bourdais was just like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's just, wow. Wow. More freaks next. See Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. 
Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Bowling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent. And have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv. And it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Rumors spreading round in that Texas town. Right to check outside the game. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Just let me know if you wanna go. To that home out on the range. They got a lot of nice girls. <laughs> I'm Dirty. Ballsy. That's ZZ Top. And typically, I would roll into the Britney Force interview right now, but I didn't want to interrupt a little bit of Love Ranger. No, never. You understand that, right? I get it. I get it. We caught up with Britney Force, NHRA Top Fuel winner from Kansas. She's coming up in moments, and you'll hear the full-fledged intro. But I had to come in once again to say thank you, ZZ Top, for being who you are, and I know that Billy Gibbons went back up on stage and ZZ Top is back up and running. Man, not just a wingman, but losing losing one of your compadres and being able to go back up on stage, that's got to be absolutely bonkers. Next hour, Leah Pruitt, Marcus Erickson. But why don't we start this segment off right with a full introduction and sponsor snorkel here in the Freak Nation. 
Thanks to our good friends at General Tires for making this thing possible. Go to GeneralTire.com to check out the tire for your righteous ride, an F-150. What about a sedan or sports car? Go to GeneralTire.com. That's GeneralTire.com. Lucas Hall Studios, Freak Nation. Brittany Forrest joining us here in the Freak Nation. Has it won in the top fuel class since 2019, the fall of 2019? Granted, there was COVID in there. She's got herself a win out of Kansas, but the big deal today is she won with her old man, meaning John Force won in Funny Cars and Brittany Force won in Top Fuel. Pulling up to the line, I'm not sure who went first. Did Funny Cars go first or did Top Fuel go first today? In the final round, Funny Car goes first. So I was sitting right behind him. <laughs> when, he, when you saw his wind light come on for that, how much of that space was occupied in your brain like, there's my chance to finally get in the winner's circle with my old man. You know, it really wasn't. When I'm up there, I'm belted in, I'm staring down that racetrack. Um, it's getting that focus. You're in a final round and I don't want any distractions. So he was in front of me. I mean, again, I'm staring down that racetrack. I could see the commotion. I knew that he won, but I was at the time talking to my crew chief on the radio about how we're lining up, what's our plan and all that kind of stuff um, in that final. So for me, my focus was not even looking at that. I couldn't even think about it until I got to the top end. Okay. You couldn't think about it. Did you not think about it or did you just have to push it out of your brain and start thinking about everything that you had to do outside of what your dad did? Again, I could see everything going on. So I knew they won, but my focus was (laughs) me doing my job in that car and getting the win for the monster energy flavor pack team. Brittany force is the NHRA top fuel winner from Kansas Brittany, why has the track at Kansas been so tough for you to win? Uh, we've had, the, you know, I want to say three number one qualifiers here, but we've never had the win. My younger sister, Courtney's won here before, uh, my dad, and, and you know, we've just never been able to get the job done. We always qualify really well and just struggle on race day, but today was different. Um, I felt good about it coming into, you know, this weekend and to double up with my dad. I mean, that has been on my bucket list forever and honestly there comes a point where i mean i don't even know when it was but there there came a point where i thought this is ridiculous to try to you know have that on a bucket list that's the impossible it's hard enough to win as a team yourself it, it takes everything going perfect not one little mistake everything going perfect um for a shot to even win and then for our funny card teammate to do the same thing absolutely impossible so the fact that we were able to Pull that off, uh, you know, was just, it's something that'll go down in the books. It's something I'll never forget. So who said some of the crazier things in Winter Circle? I mean, was your dad all huggy on you? Or, I mean, what was the craziest thing in Winter Circle with you two together? Were you just staring at each other like, oh my God, we did it. It was cool. It was cool to have both teams together. We pulled both cars up right next to each other. And that's just, that's huge for John First Racing. It's huge, you know, for the sport to have a double up like that. Um, you know, it's, like I said, it's tough enough to do, but that just doesn't exist. And uh, we, made, we made a little history in Topeka, Kansas this weekend. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Brittany Force joining Speed Freaks on a Sunday night, Lucas Oil Studios. And you referenced a bunch of qualifying hats, but not the winner's hats. And that was in reference to you at Heartland Park, Topeka. But let's talk about you in 2021. It's kind of been that same story. Damn you, Steve Torrance. But what was it? What got you to crush him? And what was it, the second round today? What was it that finally worked? You know, it's it's that's been our problem this year. We qualify really well, um, but conditions are completely different when you're qualifying at nighttime on a cool, you know, a cooler racetrack compared to 
Sunday, middle heat of the day, a super hot racetrack, it's completely different conditions. So we've had these number one qualifiers. I think we've had four in a row and we can't seal the deal on race day. Uh, and it's been, you know, silly, stupid mistakes, um, you know, from just our team, whether it was a driver error, regardless of what it was, there was always something. It's like, geez, we just keep getting bad luck thrown our way, it felt. It's like, how, how do we have all these number one qualifiers? And then race day, you know, we can't seem to find our stride. And today, um, you know, coming into it, another number one qualifier hat, I was starting to think that these things were jinxed because they never seemed to work for us. And, um, you know, we got through first round. We had a buy in the second round. The semifinals with Steve Torrance, we knew that was going to be a tough one. And we were able to barely get past him and, uh, you know, won it against Clay Milken in the final round. He's going to be talking about Steve Torrance. He's going to be your kryptonite when it comes to the playoffs. You've now beaten that kryptonite. How can you keep that consistent through the rest of the year? Because from what I'm seeing, you just moved up to second in points. So it is going to be him versus you Mm -hmm. come trophy time at the end of the season. Yeah, we did. We made a big move um, just this weekend and moved up to number two. So that's huge for us. We're in a really good position going into this countdown. Um, if we want, our goal was to be top three and we're sitting two right now and this thing kicks off in just a few races. So we're in a great position, but we have to keep the momentum going. Uh, we can't afford any mistakes once the countdown begins. No mistakes on anybody's, you know, driver, crew chief, crew guy. We all have to bring our game every time to the line. Brittany, we talked to Ron Caps after his win in Pomona, where it was blazing hot. He was very open about the difficulty of staying focused and keeping the process in line on race day. How do you keep that organized to stay hydrated, to get food at the proper time, and just to stay ready when it comes time to race? Yeah, no, that's really important to stay hydrated. Make sure you're eating something, not too much, but you want to feel good in that race car, especially when it's hot and humid and you know you want your focus 110 percent. so it's taking care of myself you know rolling into this weekend and then all day on sunday in the heat out here i mean it was miserably hot but you know that's not just me it's my whole team um it takes every single one of this to every single one of us to you know turn those wind lights on and uh we were able to do it today Brittany Forrest, top fuel winner from kansas joining us here in the freak nation You've raced in front of pack stands. Last year, you raced in front of not pack stands. Now the stands are allowing more people to come into races. Do you race any different with fans in the stands, Brittany? Uh, it definitely uh, it pumps you up to pull up there and look up in the stands and, and just see that stands packed with people. That puts fire in your gut. That motivates you. That pumps you up. And it's just so cool to see that, you know, in the cockpit of your car, pulling up there on race day. There's nothing like it. We're going to let you get back to all your party, and hopefully it won't last too long. You'll be able to get some rest and, and actually remember what the hell happened this afternoon. Congratulations, <laughs> Brittany. Thank you very much. Now, that reminds me of a conversation that I'm having with people offline, or in other words, they have nothing to do with this radio show, about what's coming. Well, it's actually coming to NFL stadiums. New Orleans did it first. I believe some others have followed suit where, sure, we're going to have a packed stadium that's if – you show us that you've been vaccinated. And I haven't heard if NASCAR or IndyCar or NHRA have given any opinion on that at this point. But I haven't it, heard it either. It's it's coming. I'm looking at the cases again here in Arizona. For credentials, for several tracks to get media credentials, you have to prove that you've been vaccinated. 
with like that when we went to the Indy 500 this year, we mm-hmm. couldn't get our, our passes without a vaccination card. Statman, wow. you've been <laughs> hanging out on the West Coast for the last, again, week or two. What's been different now that the Delta variant has reared its ugly head? And I know I'm getting a little bit off topic involved in sports and motorsports. Well, you talked about pack stands. That's where. Yeah. Uh, have you noticed anything visually different on the West Coast? Oh, yeah. I noticed one of my closest friends that I couldn't see uh, this weekend or last week because he's tested positive and he was uh, fully vaxxed uh, and he tested positive, uh, you know, just this week, last week. So, yeah, I mean, and when I was on the plane going and coming, I was double masked and there were people that were barely masked. And one guy, they asked him to put his mask on. He just had it down around his chin and uh, he put it up to at least cover his mouth and never covered his nose. Uh, the people, I, it was that uh, people just don't buy into this still. Uh, after 600,004 million worldwide. Strange. Okay, to take this topic and string it along even farther into the future, do you think, I mean, we are the middle of August right now. IndyCar has their last two races. They've purposely pushed them to the end of the season in Laguna Seca, Northern California, and then Long Beach Grand Prix in Southern California. Do you think those two races will go off as scheduled? Statman. I don't I don't know about Long Beach. Uh, Laguna Seca is away from the big metropolitan areas, but Long Beach is in the center of Southern California and stuff is whipping up there. Wouldn't surprise me if they ask to uh, shut down again. Uh, people that are double vaxxed are, are getting uh, t- positive tests. I mean, it just it's ludicrous. No, it is. It is. And from what I understand, they've started to set up some grandstands there. So, yeah, that would be two years in a row for Chris Pook and company. And that would be devastating. For who? Isn't it Chris? Uh, did you just say Chris Pook? Yeah, did I? Yeah. yeah he's still a part of it. No, Long Beach I don't oh, think so. Oh, no? Mm-mm. no, he was he was persona non grata for last six years yeah, or so. Jim McCallion and Chris Esslinger. No, they're the people that are Jim running McCallion. things. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Chris Pook's baby, then I should say. Ah, there you go. But you also look at, gosh, you could, not just sports, but events or, or concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie Nicks canceling her oh, right. a, a, a three-night stand. You've got Corn uh, of all bands who canceled their concert. I think it was Saturday or last night, due to some some someone in the band or in their circle coming up positive with COVID. This is no joke. They had and, lines uh, outside the forum uh, that were twisted around. I'm sure those people had to wait for an hour or two just to get tested. Uh, this, you know, people are maybe hopefully they're finally taking it seriously. It's it's going to it's I can only imagine that our friends at Phoenix Raceway, Crasher and I are based here in Phoenix. I can only imagine that they've got every apparatus that they can cross and hope that it does. Right, right now, I believe Arizona is in the top twenty when it comes to infections. Another three, over 3,000 reported today. 
I can only imagine the cats at Phoenix Raceway just going, man, come on. We can't do this again. Mm-hmm. For the season finale, for yeah. the championship. When they were just granted the access, the rights to be the championship provider, and then COVID hit. I mean, their first ever time of hosting the finale weekend is COVID, 2020. And now this coming up and rearing its ugly head in 2021. Come on, that's just not fair. But at the same time, you you look at the Rams Chargers game. And the only reason I saw the crowd there was because four or five dumbass dudes are getting in a fight and people were wasting $20 bill, bill $20 be- beers on the fight. <laughs> there's there no masks around. There's nothing. Yeah. My daughter, she bought, um, uh, season tickets and, uh, she wanted me to stay an extra day so I could go to the game. And I said, I just want to go home. You know, I mean, I can't, I can't believe that I spent 50 years plus in Southern California the traffic and the expense. We went out to dinner, just the three of us, me, my daughter, and the granddaughter. It was almost $300. No alcohol and no dessert. Almost $300. I mean, that's it's insane. How I don't know how people do it. I did it for all those times. I don't know how they do it. You said season tickets in Los Angeles for the NFL. I don't even think a, si- a single ticket was $300. I mean, she had to have put a mint down for those and seasons. It cost $100 to park the car at SoFi oh. Stadium. Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, capitalism, man. If people are going to pay it, why not, Stat? Yeah, well, they were doing it at the Coliseum uh, <laughs> last, you know, the last three years. $100 to park the car. Wow, that was an uplifting segment, Freak Nation. I, I promise you, we're going to have something fairly uplifting next hour. More on AJ Allmendinger's win. And your IndyCar Series winner from Nashville, Marcus Erickson. Has he has he yet spoken to Sebastian Bourdais, the dude he rolled up on and damn near landed on top of early on in that Nashville race? He'll be joining us next hour. Should we talk about which race was more of a debacle, yet still entertaining? The IndyCar race in Nashville last week or the Cup race in Indy this week? My point exactly. We can bitch and moan about it, but damn it, that four-hour race in NASCAR, I got a workout in, was able to paint with my daughter. <laughs> I timed it perfectly. Saw all the juicy stuff. It's awesome. 45-minute bike ride is badass. Some bitch is still going on. <laughs> Coming back with more freaks and Leah Pruitt engaged to Tony Stewart. That's next. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire, it's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined with Kenny Sargent. We love the party. Crash Gladys. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? And Stepman. I am serious. Here's the Freaks. It's going to be a great second hour, Freak Nation. Leah Pruitt, Beyonce of Tony Stewart, 
She'll be joining us this hour. Also, Marcus Erickson, the dude that rode up on Sebastian Bourdais in Nashville for the Music City Grand Prix and won the damn race. <laughs> and out of that conversation comes pea soup and pancakes. Evidently, it's a freaking thing. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the website, speedfreaks.tv. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Last hour, A.J. Allmendinger joined us here in the Freak Nation. You'll be able to catch that interview up on our website tomorrow morning, speedfreaks.tv. That's speedfreaks.tv. You know, Stat, we were laughing a little bit last segment about how I was able to get so many activities in during the cup race this, this afternoon, which I think it contributes to the fact of why I enjoyed that race today. Because I was able to get some things done within the four-hour window of the race. And this is no lie. Crash can vouch for it. We went out on our bikes for about a 20-minute ride with our seven-year-old daughter. And then I went out for another 30 minutes and came back about three or four minutes after the curb exploded. So I had another 45 minutes to get stuff done. (laughs) So... And I, and, and I, I promise you, and I said this in a tweet, a lot of the sting of watching this long race was deadened or taken away by A.J. Allmendinger winning that race. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've known A.J. since he was a teenager, you know? I mean, we've known him almost all of his racing career. He was still in go-karts when we first had o, uh, A.J. on the show. Uh, yeah, I, and and this was a short race. This was yeah. what the Verizon two hundred or something, right. two hundred miles. I mean, come on, and you know certainly the racetrack came up and blah blah, but the drivers are complaining. The some of the fans are complaining. I would imagine, and uh, you know, I mean, everything is designed to fight against where the audience is going. The audience wants something different, and the you know the industry is dead set to prove it wrong, uh, except for Steve Phelps, the guy that runs the thing. I agree with you partly there. I think that the audience, there's a lot of the audience, the the hardcore, the diehards, the fans that are arguably falling off the backside of the grandstands. That part of the audience does not want something different. They do not want change. And they're the ones that are holding things back. So thank goodness for the Steve Phelps of the world who are saying, screw you. We're moving ahead with change. We are evolving because that's what what successful companies do in this world. And I hope that somehow the drivers who are falling off the back of the pit wall, (laughs) maybe the ones that are replacing them, the Reddicks and the Chastains and the Almondingers and the, the you know, the younger people who are coming in, the Elliots and the those people uh, can take over. I mean, when I turned the race on, Reddick was leading and, I, and all the, the big names who complained were out of the top 10. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, get a, get a grip, learn what's going on in the world, learn your industry, not just your craft, learn your industry and figure out why it's successful and why it'll be successful going forward. Cause there's a lot of stuff out there, including soccer, who's willing to step in and take your place. At Denny Hamlin on Twitter. 
just imagine after a few beers. <laughs> 16, no, now 20 minutes ago. Imagine the tracks who net, in all caps, hundreds of millions of dollars a year can't be held to a higher standard. They cost the race teams millions today, but we'll get a wheel do better next time. Read it oh, verbatim, but blame. we will get a wheel do better next well, time. He's saying we'll get a quote from the track mm -hmm. IMS saying we'll do better next time. This will continue because we never make real changes. It's always something. I got to okay. say something after this. Oh, Denny. Okay. Oh, Denny. Freak Nation, coming up this hour again, Leah Pruitt, top fuel winner a couple of weeks ago from the Winter Nationals in Pomona. She'll be here. But first crash, that is pit news and notes coming up. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. The Freaks. More affiliates coming in to the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this big thing. You're listening to us on Sirius 217. What about the iHeart app? The Odyssey app or Audacity app? We're there for you, man. Or listening to us at sportsbyline.com. Yeah, man. This segment brought to you by good friends at General Tire. Go to generaltire.com. It's generaltire.com. Check out the line of tires to keep your ride or your rides on the road. Whatever you got parked down there in your car, down there in your garage, I say down there like we've all got subterranean garages. <laughs> uh, General Tire has the tire for your ride. Go to GeneralTire.com. Crasher? IndyCar and the Xfinity Series shared time at IMS on Saturday, and then the Cup Series played with sharp curbing mm -hmm. on Sunday, today. It was entertaining, a very entertaining weekend at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. The IndyCar race was ruled by one of that road course's experts, in willpower, he finally got the winless monkey off his back. Then Austin Sendrick survived some curb issues of his own to net a win at Indy in the Xfinity Series. Both of them Penske drivers taking victory at the captain's own track. Then Sunday was set for an incredible cup race, and yes, it was incredible. A ton of action throughout the field. Names all over the place. You just heard Statman talking about Tyler Reddick. was Kyle Larson, Denny Hamlin, Chase. It was just awesome. But what rolled the headlines was turn six coming apart with five laps to go and then all hell breaking loose. And yes, we will reference Denny Hamlin's tweet in about 30 more minutes. After track repair, numerous car DNFs and two red flags, the race was resumed with a green-white checkered finish. Here's how it went down. Chase Briscoe lost his line, then spun out leader Denny Hamlin. Wah. And guess who was looking for a win at Indianapolis? A.J. Allmendinger. Yep, the former Penske driver himself can now claim a win at Indianapolis on his record. So get this, Indianapolis this year, the 500 won by Elio Castroneves, the Brickyard won by A.J. Allmendinger, both former Penske drivers winning at Indy, Penske's current track. It's just kind of funny to me. Did you catch the Knoxville Nationals last night? Just like he's done in so many dirt races this year and last year, Kyle Larson took home that win. And how about NHRA at Heartland Park, Topeka? Dallas Glenn cut a perfect light to beat Kyle Koretsky for the pro stock win. John Force took out J.R. Todd in the funny car final and vaulted himself to the top spot in the point standings. First time, by the way, he's seen that spot since 2014. Then after that, his daughter, Brittany Force, won over Clay Milliken in top fuel to secure the first ever father-daughter win together in victory lane. Incredible weekend. Leah Pruitt next. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
How about this, Freak Nation? No matter how big your car or truck is, nothing in your engine takes more abuse than its oil. But with Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer, your engine oil will last longer to do the job it was designed to do. Protect your engine and offer peak performance. Lucas Oil Heavy Duty Stabilizer, it eliminates dry starts, lowers engine temperatures, and prolongs the life of your oil up to 50%. Hey man, don't let your engine be caught dead without the protection and performance of Lucas Heavy Duty Oil Stabilizer. That's right. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Geico. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed, so there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. You know, Statman, I was talking. Statman, I was talking about the Denny Hamlin tweet. And you wanted to respond to Denny Hamlin's tweets? Yeah, the thing about the curbs, V8 supercars in Australia, they get over the curbs and they take it a lot greater uh, launches than NASCAR does. Uh, AJ kind of mentioned that the Xfinity cars have a higher ground clearance. And if you need a higher ground clearance, you you can't put a square peg through a round hole, you know? I mean, it just, you can't make things fit you just because that's the way you know how to do it. Right. 
perfect. And you'll hear more reference to that coming up in your Statman Scat this hour. Also this hour, Marcus Erickson, the dude that ran up on Sebastian Bourdais in last weekend's Music City Grand Prix. And your winner for the Music City Grand Prix IndyCar Series, he'll be joining us this hour. First, Leah Pruitt, she joins us now, NHRA Top Fuel Pilot, winner of the Lucas Oil Nationals two weeks ago in Pomona. And this weekend, Cookie Pops, that's Oreos and Popcorn Combo, were the sponsor of Leah Pruitt's Top Fuel rig this weekend in Kansas. And Pruitt, who's now engaged to three-time NASCAR Cup champion and NASCAR team owner Tony Stewart. Uh, Leah, I'm curious about this. When you go to rob the refrigerator and no one's looking, not even Stewart, he's not looking, what's your favorite treat (laughs) outside of this new sponsor? Uh, Do you go for sweets or something else? So I particularly don't have a very big sweet tooth. Um, I have a very big hot and spicy tooth and like bold, bold flavors. So if there's... If, if I'm going to grab anything from the refrigerator, it's probably going to be a bean and cheese burrito because there's stacks of them from a local Kuka store from where my hometown. But uh, in regards to sweets, like I'm pretty particular about it just because I know the more that you eat them, the more that you want them and the more that you crave them and then you have to have them every day. So I really keep it to a minimum and I'm very selective and, and I have had cookie pops before they became in the conversation. And then of course you have them around and you grow to love them. And now I look for them every single grocery store I go to. With you and smoke sharing the same refrigerator, would his go-to be a sweet or would it be a burrito? Sushi. Is what? what his go-to is. Right. The thing about it is we're not home long enough. So for those that watched, Smoke's interview had the same background because it's from the same place. (laughs) (laughs) Need to get a real office set up in the other room. But we're not here long enough to like do full on grocery shopping and cook meals every night. And so he likes the the sushi that's made at the grocery stores. I like burritos. Uh, If he's going to pop in, he's probably just going to get a Coke. And uh, sweets is kind of, he hasn't really been on them at all, except for if you really, really want to get on his on his good side, show up with a box of Nilla wafers. That's his deal. And he hasn't had a chance to have any cookie pops yet, um, just because we've been on the West Coast uh, recently. But I'm pretty sure that his uh, that his taste tune will change. Um, but this also could, I think the first race will be that he's not attending uh, of mine. This upcoming weekend, he's got NASCAR and Indy, and there's Knoxville during the week. So this is a, it's a pretty new week in a lot of different ways for us. Okay, so basically then going, because all race car drivers have superstitions, you've already had your win for this year, your first win, I should say, for this year. So if you win again in Topeka, which we are hoping that you will, it's not like it's going to be a superstitious thing of, oh, Tony's got to stay away for all the races now, because <laughs> you've already got that taken care of. So yay for that. Appreciate that, and I would we would joke. We're like Tony. I promise, like we we do win. I mean, back in in 2017 and 18, we were winning five, seven races, and constantly in the finals, and had a very well oiled machine. And you know, we have had some struggles in the last year and a half, and that's where Tony's been in play. So going to the events, (laughs) he did say. I mean, he has had the most fun that he's ever had racing in the last two weekends from Sonoma. And Pomona with us. I said, well, of course, because we're winning. But he does play a part mixing fuel, working with right. Scott on the car and the team. And I'm like, see, it 
Nitro is very addicting. I get like, he doesn't have to say it, um, but you can just read it on his face. But it's been a very enjoyable experience. And to be through the kind of the lows that we've had in the recent months and our struggles, it's been a very strong supporter in that. My team has maintained uh, great fundamentals of morale and just the work and the parts and and like the relentlessness. And it's been really awesome to show kind of what the true heartbeat of my team is like in front of Tony with him. And then finally grab a Wally and for him to be there was, was, was really cool. Well, that's where I was going to go with you regarding Topeka. Who's going to handle your fuel? How is this going to maybe upset the, the camaraderie that you've really developed over the last couple of races? Honestly, I'm going to kick it into the highest gear that I've been in 2018. So we are running both factory stock showdown and top fuel in, in Topeka. And since Tony's been a part of, of the program and the team, he's handled fuel. And it was special when I'm running both cars. But my team is very, very capable and and we will definitely get it done. But it's like, so how does that, how does that interrupt or right? How does that change the team? Well, if one person is attending to fuel and that's going to take, you know, 30, 40 minutes per rotation session, you take that one person that was helping you and you remove them. That's one crew guy that needs to now attend to fuel, which is going to take 30 minutes away from helping. Like mm-hmm. say with Tim and the supercharger program, or if, if we have an issue and we need to swap blocks or if like we need to make a decision, that one person is now fragmented back into the fuel sector. So it's really, it's more of a diligent job um, and right more mechanical once you learn how to do it. So for us, we'll just be kind of reorganizing and shifting and getting it done like we had done before and definitely very confident that wins are around the corner. But I've never had a win in factory stock and top fuel on the same day. So in the last three races, we went to the final in factory stock in Denver, went to the final in fuel, and then finally got the win. So in two different categories in three weekends, we've been in the finals. It is time to show out in Topeka and grab a doubleheader win. That would be, I mean, doesn't really get much bigger than that than a championship for me. We've had a conversation, whether it was Ron Caps or ARCA driver Corey Heim or IndyCar driver Marcus Erickson. We've had this nutrition conversation a lot recently, probably because it's been so freaking hot around the country in every form of motorsports, in every sport. I mean, NFL training camps. But explain then just how difficult it is not just to drive one car uh, all the way to the finals in NHRA, but two. I mean, you bouncing back and forth, plus your your mental mindset along the way, it's just Explain to people how you balance all of that. It's definitely trial by error and finding out what your body needs. And the most consistent thing across the board is hydration. And I know everybody talks about it and it just goes in through one ear and out the other because people get sick at the track. But it, for me, it's about days in advance preparation. Before Denver, I had actually, not, like, not afraid to admit it, I was like, what is the best way for me to prepare for this double hitter in Denver and not get altitude sickness? So I went and I had a hydration IV on Tuesday on my way to the airport just to give my body as much nutrients and B12 and all of the things that I could get. So taking care of your body, your sleep as we get older. Um, I used to have that go in my ear and out the other. I wear the aura ring to be able to track my sleep and my patterns. And you know, I've gone through some, different health situations that have changed my diet. Um, Hashimoto's disease is what I actually just got diagnosed with. And 
there's a lot of different things that you do that change your diet um, from gluten free to all these all these things that you didn't really know that you needed to do before. And ultimately, we still have to perform like we are world champion athletes and we are. So it's, it's no different getting your hydration, eating well, getting your sleep. And as I've gotten older, I found out that that's what my body needs. Um, so welcome to the to the old club. <laughs> no, and you're not old. You're in your young 30s. I mean, I'm pushing 50 right now. Kenny's pushing 60. I mean, hey, this come is on. good. Sell I'm that. just saying, I'm just saying. No. I mean, this is good stuff to hear because yeah, this is this is reality. So, I mean, health is just of utmost priority. Have you ever considered doing something like, it would, this would be a, a, a borrowed idea from, let's say, NASCAR. And Tony Stewart was a big proponent of this. He was one of the first, actually, in NASCAR. Getting yourself in a hyperbaric chamber after race weekend to just kind of flush out the system. I have. So actually, in the house in Indiana, in, in Tony's home, the hyperbaric chamber is at the foot of the bed. Oh. Very convenient spot if you're going to use it. He doesn't use it. <laughs> Because he's he's a he's claustrophobic, and so I have used it a couple of times, specifically after I had my crash in St. Louis last year and the concussion, and needing to get uh, relief as quick as possible because we were in the countdown. And then when I broke my foot this last December to expedite the healing process, I used it. But in regards to just decompressing after a particular weekend, I have not, but I would like to some more. The key is that. There has to be somebody there on the outside to program it and get you going. And I haven't really been able to corral Tony long enough to be like, teach me how to do this by myself. But I would like to, I would like to spend a lot more time because oxygen flow and right. Our brains are like superchargers. The more oxygen, the better that they operate. And I'm really delving more into science um, and like-minded type of base situations that help our body the best that they can be. Now, I'm not saying that's going to make or break an absolute difference of a 40 and a 50 light or a 50 and a 60 light, but it is going to make it so that you can maintain throughout the entire day and not have what I would call on Monday, and it has nothing to do with alcohol, but the, the racing hangover of you've had three, four super hard days, 14, 15 hours, performing fans media all the things and then come monday you're just wiped out and right we're tired of that so i think the better you maintain throughout the weekends then the less racing hangover you have and you can get back to regular work on monday Leah Pruitt, top fuel drag racer. You and Tony Stewart are engaged to be married. Have the two of you ever talked about how two high-profile motorsports athletes can deal with the media? Have you talked about that in uh, private times? I don't think that we've addressed it particularly to that that question. I think that there have been situations, natural situations that have flown throughout our relationship that we addressed individually. For instance, would be uh, when he would first come to the races last year and we're wearing masks and nobody knew, no, A, nobody knew we were really dating. We kept that on the low for a while. And then at the races, nobody could tell who he was. And so we didn't have to deal with any of that from fans to media until like at the U.S. Nationals basically in September. But moving on to a, to a different scenario, when Tony started to go to Frank Holly's school and 
really have larger interest in understanding the discipline of drag racing and what is this top fuel car really about from a driver's perspective and started testing with my car, that is when we spoke high, like very much in depth about the media to where it's a different situation. What we do, we appreciate both of you. We appreciate the media as an industry, the fans. It's what we thrive and we need to be able to perpetuate our careers and our, and our partners. But when Tony was, when Tony was testing, it was the exact opposite. We wanted to be in control of the narrative because that's all that we had. You know, people automatically would assume he's going to go get his, like he's licensing and then he's going to go drive for Don or he's going to build a team or like all these crazy things. And when really it was, we have to, we have to cap it for what it is of him getting in the car, wanting to experience it and relate closer to myself and the team in a, in a whole different motorsports perspective. So from a media perspective, we did talk about that. I mean, I'm calling the Las Vegas track and I've heard about reporters being there when he was um, running my car and I'm trying to coordinate security and, and downplay and we put off NHRA interviews. We put off drag race illustrated action um, for weeks and weeks because people wanted to make something out of something that was really for us. There wasn't a particular plan. So outside of that, I think we roll really naturally with the media. Um, we're very complimentary to each other. Uh, people like the idea that we're together. They can get information from him. I went to Nashville NASCAR with him. I've been to dozens of sprint car races with him and there is quite a bit of crossover fan and some crossover media and opportunities. And I think because we just have such a high respect for media and, and in the industry that it doesn't bother us. And we sometimes we do stuff together. I mean, I was doing a zoom the other day and he was making faces behind the camera and I was like, you gonna make some faces. Okay. And I drug him on over and I was like, you're going to sit down right here with me. <laughs> we just have fun with it. Um, so I'm not sure if that's exactly what you meant, but we haven't changed. We personally haven't changed the way that we do things. We've just been able to, and what he likes to say is like one plus one doesn't equal two. One plus one equals three with us. And what we make of that is, is we'll see. Leah Pruitt, from the time you signed with Don Schumacher to now, how has your relationship changed with the team owner? That's a, that's a great question. Um, he is maintained to be a very strong figure and a very large supporter of whatever it takes to win and by win, not just races, but championships. My relationship with Don actually began in 2008 when Gary Selzy was looking to retire and Don and Dodge and Mo and Oakley at the time were looking to have somebody come in after Gary Selzy. And that's where I came into conversation and, Got to run in Gary's car at preseason testing or pre-indie testing 2009. Um, it, has, it has changed for the better because we understand each other in ways w that we didn't before. For instance, he didn't really like my flat bills in 2016 when I came in. Um, I should probably wear, you know, a little bit more lace or some, uh, you know, you have a female driver. So maybe want a, a more female looking presentation. Um, and, and so we just had very rare, you know, real candid conversations of, well, not everybody's, not everybody looks alike. And this is me, this is who you hired, which was also 
Papa John's coming on board and Fire Aid, which I had partnership with, that was what brought me to Don Schumacher in 2016. He brought Mopar over. But that has what I think one of the strongest things about our relationship is social media wasn't a very huge factor uh, for analysis with partners in 2016, 2017. But that was a direction that I was already on and heavily influencing and caring about the Schumacher brand, my brand as a driver that, cause it doesn't matter how partners come in, whether they love hospitality, they love the customer and, and fan engagement, or they, they like branding on the car or if it's sweet stuff or if it's TV exposure or if it's social exposure that happens through all the different channels. Like there is the, there's the earned media value somewhere along the way. And so I really had a, a head start on education in social media and, and he it took a little while, you know, to like till 2018 or 2019 for him to realize, all right, the value that's there and why other DSR drivers need to um, invest in themselves for things to get going. I mean, I have, I have my own employee that helps me with social during the races. Um, I hire photographers outside of DSR. I spend a, a true speed communications, which is a, a PR firm that Tony Stewart owns that I I'm a client of theirs and pay them to help me manage the partners that I have. And then DSR does a great job managing the partners that they have and they all work together. But to think that it is a one person band is, um, is, is, is not realistic. And so to go back to the conversation between Don and I, I've learned how true professional race teams are ran. And I think what he's learned from me is that, you know, the value of social media and how everybody can work together. Cause at the end of the day for us, it's about winning races and making sure that our, our brands and our partners are satisfied with their buy because our competition is the TV linear mm-hmm. and traditional media buy. So that's kind of the world I live in when not at the racetrack. All right, Leah, uh, enough already. Thank you as always. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh, no. I was disappointed, but not surprised. Several NASCAR Cup drivers criticized running on the road course at Indianapolis Motor Speedway this weekend. They argued the square oval was more prestigious, and that's true. But the road course at Indy has had eight Formula One races from 2000 to 2007. It's good enough for a world championship. Should be good enough for cup racing. No, I think it's a resource problem. Running on an oval is set up for full throttle as long as possible on a lap. That takes expensive speed and handling resources. Road course racing requires resources for speed and handling, but it also requires resources in the driver's tool bag. In short, several drivers just don't have the racecraft to know when to be patient and when it's winning time on the track. Next time you hear drivers complain about road course racing, watch where they finish in the race, and you'll have an idea of where the complaints come from in the car. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Yeah, the Sonics, that's Sonics, S-O-N-I-C-S of ZZ Top, the evolution of, or just 
fantastic. Quickly, Crasher, we've got about uh, 45 seconds. Something happened this weekend that's never happened in the Freak Nation. Quickly, share. With our contest, Beat the Freaks, when it came to the IndyCar race yesterday, Sean Schultz was the gentleman who was picked to represent the Freak Nation. His picks, Will Power, Romain Grosjean, and Colton Herta. He nailed the entire podium. Yes, he indeed beat the freaks and has some tires coming. He's so stoked for his Trans Am. Maybe I'll send him two sets of tires for that. Yeah, seriously, Root. send him something else. He deserves oh, it. Smokes. Way Thank to go, you, Sean. Scott Dixon. <laughs> Marcus Erickson next. Speed Freaks Pits and... The Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A Teenager. Learning the Lingo. GOAT. G-O-A-T. Acronym. Stands for Greatest of All Time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad. You're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. What up? It's Kenny Sargent. And have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv. And it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. 
where I'm from, cutting off a ZZ Top song is typically punishment of death. But I'm going to sacrifice my death so I can get to this next interview. It's the first time Marcus Erickson joins us here in the Freak Nation. Your winner from last weekend's Nashville IndyCar race and a top 10 finisher in yesterday's IndyCar race on their home track there in Indy. And Marcus, after a week to digest it, we still can't process how you got that win in Nashville after launching your your car over Sebastian Bourdais. And I know you said after the race, you're not sure how in the hell you did it. But before we get into that, have you had any conversation with Bourdais about what happened in that accident? No, so I, I actually texted him after the race and sort of apologized for it, ending his race like that. It was obviously not... Uh, you know, I didn't want that to happen, basically. So, so yeah, I apologize to him, but he hasn't replied. So I don't know if maybe it's upset. But, um, but yeah, I, I watched back the replay, though. And, and I got to say, I'm a bit surprised uh, when I saw the replay because I thought the guys ahead of him was sort of backing up. But it looks like they have a quite a bit of a gap there to to whoever was in front of him. So I don't know why he sort of, because he went and then he backed up. And then when he went, I went and I heard green in my uh in my ears, they said my spotter said green, 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 and I went full throttle. And then basically, Seb must have lifted up for some reason, and 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 that's when I went over him. That being said, now that you've had a chance to go back and look at this race, the result this doesn't happen in racing, Marcus. <laughs> no, I think this is gonna go as one of the best comebacks of uh, of. Uh, I mean, I'm not in the car history expert, but I, I, I'm sure it was not. Uh, it's going to be up there on the list for sure. Uh, you know, when I was there on lap 10 or whatever it was and, and had to go through the pits and do a stop and go, I came out, I think, 20 seconds of the back of the pack in 25th position. And to then be a couple of hours later in victory lane celebrating my my win was sort of, yeah, I, I like I said, I'm still sort of struggling to, to understand how that all happened. <laughs> Clearly, you behind the wheel, massive factor in that win. But who on the crew do you think played the biggest role in the strategy in helping you go from almost worst to first? I think it was a true team effort, you know. Uh, definitely my, my engineer, Brad, uh, Brad Goldberg, and, and uh, Michael Gara, uh, you know, they were, were, were playing the game there with strategy and everything. But it goes down to everyone, you know, the, the, the crew did the pit stop. Uh, the pit stops great. The way we, we changed that nose that was trashed on, on my car, uh, in time to not lose a lap was also obviously very crucial because otherwise we would have been a lap down and it would have been game over pretty much. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of things. And, and, and I would say the whole number eight crew, uh, was a big part of, uh, of this, uh, victory. And then coming into this season, I mean, you've had a really good season. I don't know what it is with you in street circuits, but that mojo is good. Yeah. Coming into this season, though, did you feel the pressure that you had to put up or shut up? Was there so much pressure on you to win or to prove that, yes, I really do deserve to be here? Yeah, I mean, I went into this year's third year in the series. And obviously, uh, first year was, was, was a learning experience for me. I thought the first year was a proper rookie year. And then the second year... Uh, so, so last year was a bit of a, obviously a special year with, with Corona and, and everything and the schedule being all mixed up. Uh, but also for me coming into last year, you know, it was a new team. 
and a new team within the team with the eight car group that you know mainly came from the GT side in Ganassi. So it took a bit of time for us to sort of uh, get everything together and start you know understanding each other. And then so it was a bit like a second learning year, I would say, last year. And then going into this season, I felt like now I could really start to show my potential uh, finally. And uh, and like you say, I've had a really really strong year. Uh, we've been working so well together as a team. And uh, and it just feels amazing to finally start showing everyone what I can do, and then you know my, my potential as a driver. You drove through the field to get that win. Competition in IndyCar is so close. You must have found some little secret in that horrid track to get through those cars as fast as you did. Give us at least one of those places where you made up so much time. To be honest, it was not that many on-track passes. I think I did maybe five or six on-track passes, and most of them being in the in the restarts. Uh, I was going down into turn eleven quite a few times on the inside there. Um, so yeah, that was most of my passing was done in the restarts, and then obviously the strategy played out uh, well for us. And then I think the main thing with my win and the reason I won was the fact that when I got up front, I could keep the guys behind that were on better tires and better fuel mainly Herta, who obviously was the fastest guy all weekend. And he was stuck behind me for for a long time during that race. And then everyone else, he was stuck behind. He got by after a lap or two. And, and with me, you know, I, I sort of figured out a way to keep him behind. And I think that was a big thing and, and the big reason why I was able to win that race. Statman, you just clarified that as a horrid track. And I will say, as we are watching as fans with all of the activity, for lack of another word, on track, it did seem to be like, okay, this is kind of horrid. It's it's entertaining, but it's just odd. It's a very different race to watch because of all the activity. But you guys as drivers seem to have really praised this track. Where does Marcus Erickson stand? Obviously, you'll love it because you won. But overall, from your entire weekend perception, what is good and what needs to change with this track in Nashville? Obviously, I won, so I don't want to change anything, right? <laughs> uh, no, but uh, kidding aside, I think, I think first of all, it was a, an amazing event. Uh, Nashville, the whole city was sort of feeling part of it, you know, and, and the way that the whole city embraced uh, in the car and, 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 and everything was just amazing to see. The weekend was, was just magical. So that was super cool. And... The track itself, I thought when I saw the layout that it didn't look like a fun track to drive. But then when I got out on track and then sort of uh, all the bumps and all the different surfaces and, and the fact that the walls were so close everywhere just made it such a big challenge to drive. And I think that was the big thing for me, that it was so challenging to drive on the limit. And it took so much from us drivers to be fast around there that made it such a cool challenge that i really really loved so the more i drove the track the more i really enjoyed it and and i think it's a really cool racetrack going ahead for the future i think if anything is the section from turn four to turn eight where you you can look at things to try and do something different around there obviously that's a bit on the narrow side and maybe if we can uh, extend the the straight a bit uh, before turn four to create a bit of a better passing opportunity there. I think that could maybe help the racing. The media made a huge deal, a lot of hype about the bridge. To me, looking at it as a spectator, 
it looked like a place where you could pass and a breaking zone at the end. Did you appreciate the bridge of all the things at the track? Yeah, I thought the bridge were, were, were really cool and it obviously made great TV shots and then it felt really cool going over over the bridge one way and then going back the other way. And obviously it was a bit bumpy. So if they can do anything about the bumps, that, that would probably help. But like I said, I think it, all the bumps and stuff like that just adds character and makes it even harder for us drivers to, to figure things out and also for the teams. And, you know, it shouldn't be easy. It's in the car. It should be tough. So I like it. But it is true. You are winning these character tracks. Can we see your hands? Do you have blisters like from <laughs> what many drivers have from Detroit? Yeah, nothing. Nothing. What? With all the bumps. I, I never get blisters. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't hold the wheel so strong. Uh, I still don't feel. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah, everyone Marcus, else everyone else is complaining about blistering and, and all these things and they're bleeding and sort of taping their hands. Uh, I never do that. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing wrong or maybe right there. <laughs> oh, right. Marcus Erickson joining us here in the Freak Nation Lucas Oil Studios. And Marcus, we know your tenure in Formula One, of course, now with IndyCar. I would imagine, at least back in the day, maybe 10, 15 years ago, that Formula One drivers looked at IndyCar as being maybe a semi-pro baseball team to a pro baseball team or maybe an, even Indy Lights to IndyCar. How do you, a former Formula One driver, look at IndyCar now? Is it a, almost an equal jumping off point for Formula One drivers moving to IndyCar? I think it's starting to become that, yeah, because the, the, the last couple of years, obviously, the series has grown so much and then it's so many positive things happening in IndyCar. And I think the fact that, you know, first of all, Fernando went over and did the 500 and, and, and all that, and that brought a lot of attention. And then uh, when I came over and then now Roman came over and, you know, we've been both doing well and really enjoyed our time here. I think all that has just created such a buzz around the series over in Europe and over in F1. So I know for a fact that there is a lot of uh, former F1 driver and even current F1 drivers that is looking at IndyCar and, and mm. seeing that as a strong option for the future. So yeah, I, I really think the series has some some amazing momentum at the moment. And, mm. and I'm the first one to say that it's just an amazing series to be part of. You look at the teams you drove for in Formula One, and frankly, they're not Ganassi, Penske-esque when I, when I compare it to IndyCar. Now that you're with a top-tier team, do you regret rolling in Formula One with maybe some mid-level teams and not being with a top-tier team like you are in IndyCar with Ganassi? I don't want to say I regret anything. I think, you know, everything is part of my journey. And, and I had a dream uh, becoming a Formula One driver. And I, I reached that dream. And then I had a great time there, even though I was in smaller teams and didn't have cars to really show my true potential. So I'm, I'm still proud of that. And I still think that I did you know, well in, in the circumstances that I had in Formula One. Uh, but with that said, you know, I'm, I'm really, really happy that after my stint there, I took the jump and sort of went into the unknown and went over here to America to, to take the chance in IndyCar. And to be fair, I've always had my eyes a bit on IndyCar. I was, you know, growing up in Sweden. Uh, I remember watching IndyCar or whatever it was called back then when, when Kenny was driving, Kenny Brack <laughs> and the fellow Swede. So I remember, you know, watching late at night in Sweden uh, with my dad, watching Kenny winning races and stuff here in, in America. So that was always sort of somewhere in the back of my mind. And I always 
wanted in the future at some point to to come over and try in the car if I got the opportunity. So that's why you know when when my F1 career ended, that was the first thing I said to my management: like, let's go to IndyCar, let's see if there's any opportunities there. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really glad that that worked out. How much has Kenny Brack been an influence in your career, and are you still with him, whether it's decision making or just for fun? So yeah, Kenny was actually my manager when I was from I was 15 until I was 22, 23, something like that. So he was uh, he he really helped uh, yeah helped me get my career going and you know helped me find a way to go out of go karts to to racing cars and you know we worked every day together for, for, for all those years and and then for different reasons we, we split up and went different directions and then we don't work together anymore but uh, but yeah he's been a you know a big uh, contributor to the reason that I'm here today you know so yeah I definitely have him to thank for for a lot uh, over my career the uh, Europeans the first thing they say when they bring up IndyCar at least it used to be, where the walls, like at Indy or at, at Nashville, they don't like the walls so close to the track. You mentioned it was a challenge. Do the drivers feel differently about that now? I don't know. I I think I I might be different to to some other drivers, but I've always loved the the sort of more old school type of tracks. Uh, I I think that the modern tracks with big runoff areas and then you know. Uh, asphalt everywhere is sort of taking away a lot of what I love about racing. Obviously, we, we need to always push for, for safety and driver safety is always top priority. And I, I appreciate that. And I think that's very important. But I also think that we need to have tracks that, that bites you if you go over the limit, you know, and, and, and that's what I love about IndyCar that you go to all these tracks where it's like, uh, more old school racing, and, and and that's also one of the reasons why I love ovals as well. That you know you don't have any margin for errors on on the ovals, and you need to build up to it. You need to trust your car, and and you need to drive within the limits and and be as close to the limit as possible without going over it. And that's that part of racing is something I've always enjoyed, and that's why I think IndyCar is something that really suits me and the way I see racing. Well, you've got some really good trainers, so to speak, or some coaches when it comes to ovals and some of these old school tracks, Tony Kanaan, Dario Franchitti, Jimmy Johnson. But there was a picture that was posted this week. You guys were all hanging out in Nashville. I think it was Dario that posted it and it said family. So before we let you go, I want you to determine who is, who plays what role in the family, the Ganassi family of all of you drivers? Yeah, so TK is definitely the clown of the family. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Dario and Jimmy, I guess, are the, the old the old mans, uh, you know, the, the, the wise old man. Uh, Dixie is still, you know, he might be pretty old, but he's still a, like a kid, you know, and he's still as fast as, as ever, so... And then, uh, I don't know, I'm there in, in between somewhere. And then Alex is obviously the kid, but he's the, the, the small kid. <laughs> I guess that's about the, the, the Ganassi family. <laughs> but yeah, joking aside, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's great to be part of that group. You know, there's so many legends in, in that group. And, and, and the way we work together, the way we, how we get along and, and how we can be open with each other and help each other in all these different uh, scenarios is just, been amazing. The big question, Marcus, did you have some 
Tennessee barbecue, or did you stick with a good old Swedish meatball or a shrimp sandwich there in Nashville? Uh, I, I, I missed out on the barbecue, actually. I, I, I had burgers and fries and shakes after my win. That was my sort of celebration. Uh, wow. And a beer or two, I gotta admit. Oh, yes. But, uh, yeah, I've been on the bike uh, and, and working out uh, after, so I'm, I'm, I'm all good for the weekend leading up now. So. <laughs> and, of course, Marcus Erickson, the full interview is up on our website at speedfreaks.tv. Miss it at the show. Go there tomorrow morning. You'll hear A.J. Allmendinger, Leah Pruitt, Brittany Force, and more at speedfreaks.tv. Stat man, shoot the juice to the moose and do what? Cut it loose. Zip. Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio, redefined.